Welcome to Heart of Worship Church Podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play, or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com. Hi, I'm Miranda Wright, and this is day four of our 120-day Upper Room Prayer Campaign. Today's prayer is all about the Holy Spirit. In Ephesians 6, Paul talks about the full armor of God. In verse 10, he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, the whole armor of God, the whole armor of God, not bits and pieces, not just one part, but the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day. Now we're going to touch on different parts of this armor as we go through this prayer series, but the part that I specifically want to talk about today is that belt. It's probably the most seemingly insignificant part. It's the part that nobody really talks about all that much. We see the helmet of salvation and we understand that it covers the head because Christ is our salvation and he is the head of the body and we are members of the body in the church and that all of our orders, correction and direction comes from Christ Jesus. We understand the breastplate of righteousness. We talked about it a little bit on day two and how it protects our vital organs. We understand having our feet shod with the gospel of peace and going, oh, beautiful are the feet of those who spread the gospel. We understand that we need that shield of faith to quench the fiery darts. We talked about faith a little bit yesterday and talking about praising and how we got to lift that shout of praise and that prayer of thankfulness because it is a declaration of faith. And when the enemy starts throwing those lies and those doubts and those fears and those darts, we put up that shield of faith and we sing praise unto our king and know that we have the victory. The victory is assured. We don't have to even win the fight. We just have to stand and possess the land and he will fulfill his promises and deliver it into our hand if we do not quit, if we do not retreat, because those who endure till the end shall be saved. We understand the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, which we will touch on a little bit more in a later mandate when we get into proclamation. But the thing that seems the least important, the thing that is the most overlooked, the thing that you might say, if I had to do without one of these items, I would probably pick this one, is probably one of the most important, and we overlook it. It's that belt, that belt of truth, because you know what Jesus said? He said, I will send you the spirit of truth who is the Holy Ghost. And it's that belt that ties everything in the armor together. It keeps it in place. It keeps it on you. It keeps it safe and secure. It holds the sword ready at our side and helps us to be able to retrieve it. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit will come and he will help you to remember the things that he has spoken. He will cause you to retrieve those scriptures when they need it. He will cause the right word to come out of your mouth. He will bring all things into your remembrance. It's that belt that the sword hangs on. It's that belt that the shield is locked into. It's that belt that the breastplate is strapped down with. It's all connected by the belt. And the belt 
of truth is the Holy Spirit, even that Holy Spirit of truth. We need the Holy Spirit. We will never be able to stand against the wilds of the enemy or fight effectively without the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus came to be an atoning sacrifice. His blood was poured out that we might be cleansed, that our temple may be indwelled by his Holy Spirit because it is a Holy Spirit. This is why in the Old Testament, when the temple was defiled, the Spirit of God would depart from it. But of course, our temples, our bodies, the New Testament temple was defiled, and so he could not indwell it. But Jesus, through his blood, through his atoning sacrifice, he made a way that we might be cleansed, that we might be washed, that we might be made new, so that we could receive his Spirit if we were willing by faith to ask for it. Because so many times he said, if you would ask of me for the rivers of living water, I will give it. It's something he's freely willing to give, but we have to ask for it. We understand that at salvation, we receive the Holy Spirit, but there is a deeper releasing of that Spirit that comes through a sanctified vessel that empowers us to do the greater things that Jesus promised. A great picture of this, no, not the direct interpretation, it is an application that gives us an image of this, is the vision of the dry bones. Ezekiel had a vision of a valley full of dry bones. It was, they were dead, they were laying there, they were useless. And then the Spirit of the Lord came upon him and prophesied, and he saw the sinew and the flesh and everything come back upon them, and they were raised up again. They were resurrected from the dead. They were brought into newness of life. This is like our salvation. But he said, and then, and then I saw a mighty wind blowing. God breathed upon them. They were standing, they were alive, but they weren't doing anything. But then God breathed upon them and then a wind came and filled their lungs. And it says at that point they became a great and mighty army. God is waiting for a great and mighty end time army to rise up in the power of his might, but it only will come through the Holy Spirit. Yes, we receive that life, that new life, that resurrection from the dead, new birth experience, that salvation. And it's wonderful, but there is more. There is a breath. There is a wind. There is a power power that is offered that causes us to rise up and become a great and mighty army. Remember that Jesus' disciples, after being with him and being taught personally and directly by him for three and a half years, but before Jesus sends them out to fulfill the missions that they have been positioned and commissioned to fulfill, he said, wait, tarry in Jerusalem until that you have been endowed with power from on high. In other words, you got the doctrine, you got the message, you've even spent time with the man, but don't go out and face the battles that are laying before you until you've been filled with the power of my Holy Spirit. And so they got together and they prayed fervently. 120 people in an upper room, men and women, different ethnicities, different religious backgrounds, but now one in faith through Jesus Christ, believing in the words that he had spoken. They prayed fervently, come Jesus, come. We long for you, we miss you. And then suddenly after seven days of continual prayer, suddenly something happened. The sound of a mighty rushing wind filled the house and it was as cloven tongues of fire upon each of them. You see, there's an importance in this. 
Because you see, in the Old Testament, God had commanded them to build a temple, and the fire, which represented the manifest presence of God, his very spirit, would come down to the altar in the Holy of Holies and inhabit that temple. But this was the mark that there was a new temple. This was the mark that each individual believer, crying out in faith for the Holy Spirit to come and indwell them, was making them the new temple of the New Testament that would then be sent out throughout the earth to change every tongue and nation and kindred and bring them in to the family of God. We cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. If the disciples that walked with Jesus himself could not do it without the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, then who are we to think that we can? We've got to cry out, Holy Spirit, come. There's a very interesting word in the Hebrew tongue. The word is ruach. And we see that the definition of the word ruach is the Spirit of God, but it's also the same word that they have for breath the breath of life, for wind, for that moving energy that moves us, that drives us, that affects the things around us. We see its first mention in the very beginning of the book where it says that God breathed his spirit, the very breath of life, into man and he became a living soul, the ruach, the breath of God. We see this word again when Jesus is talking to Nicodemus and he's explaining to him that the spirit is like the wind moving through the trees. And he says, those that are of the spirit are the same way. You see the way that it's moving the leaves. You see the way that it's affecting and driving and moving the movement of the tree. But you don't know where it's coming from and you don't know where it's going, but you see that it's affecting something. And who are trees but us? We are the trees that are planted beside living water. And the spirit of God moves us. It drives us. It directs our path. And the world outside, they can't see spiritual things because Jesus told Nicodemus that in order for a man to see the kingdom of God, he must first be born again of the spirit. And yes, that applies to salvation and, and being brought to heaven when we die. But more specifically, Jesus was talking about right here, right now. In other words, unless a man is born again of the spirit, he cannot see the kingdom of heaven that is here now. He will not understand spiritual things. He will not see what a man who is born of the spirit will see. He will not hear the things that we hear. He will not understand the things that we understand because he is not of this realm and he cannot see it. He cannot comprehend it until he has been birthed into it. Therefore, he cannot see what the wind is doing, but he can still see the leaves on the trees. He can see the effects that it has on a person's life. When he sees that drug addict delivered, when he sees that person that is driven to care for the homeless, when he sees that person that is driven to go and give that word of encouragement to that person that's just about ready to give up, he can see the operations and the movings of the gifts of the spirit. He can see the moving of the leaves and know that something there in the unseen is affecting what he is seeing. Therefore, it is real, even if he doesn't see it or understand it. And that if he's willing to ask for it, it can move him into the greater things also. Think about that Ruach through the entire narrative of the Bible. And there's something that you need to notice about it. It's increasing. It started in Genesis as a breath. Jesus talked to Nicodemus about a wind. 
And then the disciples experienced a mighty rushing wind. It is ever increasing through the narrative of the Bible. And the scripture tells us that the latter outpouring will be greater than the former. Yes, there was a mighty outpouring on the day of Pentecost when the spirit came as a mighty rushing wind. But the Bible tells us that the latter rain will be greater than the former. And the glory of this latter house shall be greater than the former. So the spirit is still increasing. When the prophet had the vision of the river of God flowing out of the temple, he said it started off small and it was waters to walk in and then waters to the knee and then waters to the waist and then a mighty river that you had to swim in and it went out far and wide. It's talking about the flowing of the river of God of the Holy Spirit which used to reside only in the temple but through Jesus was let out and as it continues on through the ages the river gets mightier, it gets greater, it gets deeper until at the end it says that there's fruit all around the river and that there are many fish to be caught. There is a great harvest of souls and there is a great production of fruitfulness that comes when this river is increased. So if we want to be equipped with the full armor of God and be able to stand against the wiles of the enemy, if we want to be able to be fruitful for the kingdom of God, if we want to see that great and mighty end time harvest, if we want to see revival, then we've got to ask for the reviver. We need the Holy Spirit. So God, we press in this morning. God, we press in today and we cry out to you with every fiber of our being with everything that is within us we come together in the unity of the spirit in one mind in one accord the voice of the bride crying out to the bridegroom come lord come we need you god we need your presence we need your holy spirit jesus you said that if we would but ask you would send the spirit of truth from the father that would lead us into all truth that we not fall to the spirit of error because the devil he is a liar and the father of it he is been lying and deceiving and counterfeiting and mocking and bringing shame and reproach upon the name of the Holy Spirit that a whole generation has become calloused to the truth oh God we humble ourselves before you and we do it your way we cry out we cry out oh Lord we cry out come Holy Spirit we need reviving God the church needs reviving God I'm crying out to you with all my heart, Lord. We are lifting up a brokenness before you, Lord. Your word says that when the ministers of the Lord will weep and wail between the porch and the altar, then you will hear from heaven. You will have pity and you will come. Oh, Lord, we're crying for revival, but we're not crying for vain glory, God. We're not crying for a stage or a performance or a platform, God. We're not crying for another show we're crying for a demonstration of the power of God to show this generation that the kingdom of God is stronger than the kingdom of hell that you are an overcoming kingdom that you are a great and mighty God that you are a very present help in times of trouble come Holy Spirit and do what only you can do come and change our nation God come and change our state Come and change our schools, oh God. Come and change our homes and our family. Fill us with your spirit that we might have your word on time and in season. That we might be fully armed and equipped to stand in the evil day, Lord. To move mightily by your leading, by the power of the Holy Spirit. We don't want to be all talk, God. We want to stand in the demonstration of your spirit. And God, we're not just talking about healings and deliverances and signs and wonders, though that is desperately needed and we do ask for it, Lord. But we're talking about being empowered to be a demonstration of the overcoming power of Jesus Christ, to live a pure and sanctified holy life before you, God, to be 
that example that breaks every lie of the enemy. When the enemy speaks in people's ears and, and tells them you can't be free. You are bound to this sin that by the power of the Holy Ghost we can be the example that breaks that lie and says, oh no, who the Son sets free is free indeed. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world because the Holy Spirit of the living God resides inside of me. If the same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead rules and reigns inside my mortal body, how can I say that anything is too hard? Mortifying of the flesh is a little thing in the eyes of God when we surrender ourselves wholeheartedly unto him and say, Spirit, come and have your way. For those who are led of your spirit, you said, are the sons and daughters of God. If we're not willing to be led by the Holy Spirit, we cannot even count ourselves among your family. You said only those who are led of your spirit are the children of God. So we're crying out, God, come, send your Holy Spirit. We surrender to it. We submit to it. Have your way in our lives, in our churches, in our homes, and in our communities. God, we surrender our homes to your spirit, that it be a habitation of the holy. Oh, God, that you would cause us to recognize the unclean things and the profane things that grieve your spirit and cause it to depart, that we might remove it from our lives, from our homes, and from our hearts in the name of Jesus. God, pour out conviction by the power of your Holy Spirit. God, we pray for your Holy Spirit to sweep through the schools and bring a revival in the young people, Lord, to sweep through the hospitals and bring reviving to the dying, Lord, to sweep through our cities and bring light to the darkest places. God, we are crying for the fire of the Holy Ghost to come and burn again. Let it burn up pride. Let it burn up prop. Let it burn up performance. Let it burn up desire for vainglory and prestige. Let it burn up the elevated pulpits, Lord, that exalt themselves above your name and set themselves to be worshipped in the place of God as if they were God and bring forth a humble people willing to be submitted and led by your spirit, willing to cry out, now, God, I have counted the cost. And I lay it all down at the foot of your cross for the sake of the call. God, I'm asking, burn away the flesh. Because the Holy Spirit is an all-consuming fire. And we know that your fire came in the Old Testament to burn up the sacrifice laid on the altar. It was to burn the flesh away. To burn away everything that was of this world. And when you put those cloven tongues of fire over the heads of the 120, it was to show them that they are the new temple and that fire will come to burn away every bit of the flesh. God, we have no confidence in the flesh. We want to be led only by your spirit. So Holy Spirit, come, have your way in us today. Have your way in this nation, God. Move with a sovereign move of God that burns away the chaff, that cleanses your bride, that brings us into a place of right standing before you, that we might see the greater things, the moving of your kingdoms, that we might know you more intimately because those who know their God will do great exploits. God, it's not even about the exploits, but it's about the harvest of souls. And the only thing that equips us for that harvest, the only thing that equips us for the fight that comes before it is the infilling of your Holy 
Holy Spirit. God, it is the tools of the harvester, and we need it. Yes, the fields are ripe. Yes, the laborers are few, but even the few that we have are useless unless they are equipped with the tools of harvest that are brought by the Holy Spirit himself. Lord, you promised in the prophetic, in the Old Testament, you were going to come and take away our heart of stone and give us a new heart and put your spirit within us. And then we would walk in your statutes and in your ways. God, we cannot walk in righteousness. We cannot walk in obedience. We cannot walk in your statutes or your ways unless we are filled with your spirit to lead us to it. Because we in and of ourselves have no comprehension of what is right but only what you say, Lord, when you speak through the leading of your spirit. Give us ears to hear, God. Give us eyes to see. Give us a new birth experience and a new spirit that brings us into that new family that we might all be called the sons and daughters of the living God. God, we need a revival of truth. And for that, we need the spirit of truth. We can't even read the word and understand it without it being interpreted to us by your spirit. We need your spirit, God. We worship you. God, we appreciate what you have done to release this to us, God. And we pray that you make us vessels, God, that are vessels of honor, that are able to carry that presence and that spirit out into the highways and the byways. God, we know that you do not give gifts unto men for their own glory. We know that you said in James that many of you ask and do not receive because you ask amiss to claim it upon your own lust. That many people are just asking for gifts for the sake of a show. They just want to be worshipped themselves. They want to draw a crowd. And for them, you will not answer that cry. But God, we are asking humbly that we might be equipped for the harvest. And God, we know that you are faithful, that you said in your word that if we would go out and make disciples, if we would go out and preach the truth that is laid in your word, that if we would go out and share the message of Jesus Christ, then you would be with us always, even unto the ends of the earth. You will give us your spirit. You will be with us and you will empower us to endorse and enforce that message if we are willing to use it to build your kingdom and not our own. So God, we commit that as you pour this out, we will take it out into the highways and the byways, into the lowly places, into the dark places, God, and we will shine the light of your countenance and we will use the gifts that you have given and what you have freely given, we will freely give, Lord, to others because you don't give it to us for us. You give it to us to give to somebody else. Lord, I pray that each heart that prays this prayer today would say, Lord, here I am. Fill me up and send me out because your commission was not coming here. Your commission was go and tell. God, I pray that you put somebody before our path, each one of us today in agreement, that you put somebody before our path this very day that we can shine the light, that we can share the gospel, that we can use the gifts that the Holy Spirit has empowered us to use through his leading to make a disciple, Lord, to lead someone 
to you because Lord you said the Holy Spirit would not speak of himself he would speak of you and no one who has the Holy Spirit will ever speak of themselves or draw glory or attention unto themselves but they will always reflect it and direct it unto you oh Lord we are here asking pour your spirit out Pour it out again, Lord, like you did in the days of the book of Acts. Lord, pour it out like you did in Azusa Street, God. Pour it out like you've done in the great and mighty revivals of old, Lord. Pour it out, but pour it out on the nameless faces that are willing to be sent out to use it for your glory, not to build their own kingdom at the expense of yours, Lord, but to use it to light a path in the darkness for those who have lost their way, for those who are on the broad way that leads to destruction and don't even realize it. Lord, we have to show them the straight and the narrow. We have to show it to them by the power and the revelation of your Holy Spirit. So come, Holy Spirit, come. Thank you for listening to Heart of Worship Church podcast. For more podcasts, sermon videos, daily devotions, great new worship music, and more, Be sure to download our app by searching Heart of Worship Church in the App Store or Google Play or visit us online at heartofworshipchurch.com.